It's also begs the question, like, why is it always old, like, like Victorian little girls and stuff like that? When are we going to see ghosts from our era of just, like, people aggressively twerking <laughs> in your bathroom? Oh, my. Like, why right. goes to Shakira? Welcome to the Fox and the Stone. I'm Tyler. I'm Theron, and I'm here. And it's a podcast where two friends talk about nerd stuff, mental health, and pop culture. We hope you are doing well and finding ways to take care of yourself. Spooky season is officially over, but there are a lot of great movies coming out for us to review and discuss, so we're really excited about that. Today we are joined by a very special guest, my friend and fellow Phasmophobia ghost hunter, Mr. Austin Reagan. Austin, thanks for joining the show, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is good to be here. Yeah, last minute. Uh, I just randomly texted you last night, um, very late, and was just like, hey, man, uh, did you see these two movies yet? And you're like, I saw one of them. So I was like, you should definitely hop on the show, and let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. What's phasmophobia? Is that like a new phobia that I need to be afraid of? Uh, If you're afraid of ghosts, then yes. No. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, so you probably don't suffer from phasmophobia. So phasmophobia is a ghost hunting simulation game. Uh, you can play oh. it on VR or on PC. Um, so mm-hmm. we've had many of nights where we get a little tipsy and we hunt ghosts and shit our pants. It's a really can good I say time. something brave yet controversial? I'm sure it's yeah. going to be none of those things, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think ghosts aren't real because if so, there'll be a lot of scared white people, old white people running around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I saw my great, great, great grandma's house slave. Now I'm fucking freaking out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's just my thought. Yeah. It also begs the question, like, why is it always old, like, like Victorian little girls and stuff like that? When are we going to see ghosts from our era of just, like, people aggressively twerking in your bathroom mirror? <laughs> right. I'm like, why is the ghost of Shakita in my fucking bathroom driving like it's hot, like it's the 9-9 to the 2000s? Stop <laughs> that shit. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't believe personally in ghosts, but I do believe that there's something out there. I mean, obviously, but... Anyway, let yeah. me get off my horse. Well, <laughs> you could ask Demi what their thoughts are. Um, Let's Demi not, because Demi is on our sick and shut-in list, and I refuse to talk about them because, yeah. I'm, I'm going to find a way to integrate it every single time we can. Do it. All righty. So let's go ahead and do our shout-outs. Theron, do you have anyone that you want to shout-out for the pod? Any fans of the pod? Uh, shout-out to my friend Heather. Heather Johnson. Um, she is also a professional wrestler of the name of Phoebe She is currently doing the San Antonio, Dallas, and Austin and Houston loop right now. Uh, She performed last night, got a W. Um, I've been knowing her since I was 11 years old. She's living her dreams, breaking bitches, breaking faces, and breaking some hearts on the way. Also, shout out to her friend. She knows who I'm talking about because she's trying to get me hooked up with this dude, but like, it ain't gonna happen. But it might happen, but we'll find out. And that's on some motherfucking period. And that's my shout out. 
<laughs> well, continue to listen to the podcast so we can see where this relationship develops. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will be hearing about it. You will. He's so, a professional wrestler, tea. too. Oh, there you go. I was uh, like, oh, you could body slam me, too. But then I was like, honestly, I'm bigger than you. So I, I could body slam him. So who knows? Sure. Who knows? Well, <laughs> stay tuned to find out. Uh, shout outs. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and shout out my man, William Stout. Uh, if you listen to episode six of the podcast, he was on. Um, I don't think I've shouted him out already. If I have, oh, well. Uh, but William's a really good friend of mine. We reconnected shortly after that podcast. We were friends in high school. And then... Um, Things kind of drifted away. Uh, life happened, and then we reconnected. So that's been I love Will. good. Yeah, he's really good people. Wait, let's also shout out Megan because she's a fucking listener, and I love Megan. She's basically like my personality twin. If I was nicer, <laughs> uh, Megan Knight. She's beautiful. She's talented, and she is the motherfucking moment. And I'm so sorry that I did not get your reference of Always Sunny in Philadelphia because that is a show for white folks, and I have never watched one episode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think it's a show for everyone just because you don't like it. But, yeah, it's it's a good show. It's a, it's a show for everyone. Just put that out there. So, uh, yeah, you should check out Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But, yeah, William Stout. Um, I, I'm, now that I'm saying this, I think I've already shouted him out. Um, but he's getting another shout-out because he trained really hard for a 5K, and he absolutely killed it. And I'm super proud of him. So, shouting you out, William. Another one. So, and we have another one this Saturday. So he'll kill it again. And yeah. we'll, uh, Theron will be there too. So In spirit. Uh, and in person. So mm-hmm. Austin, any shout outs you have, buddy? Yeah, my buddy Jeremy. I used to work with him at the news station. And there's this big set of layoffs we had with the company because mm-hmm. Sinclair was like, oh no, our president makes five point like five five million dollars a year mm. how are go in the company's in trouble what are we going to do and they cut a bunch of people right oh they didn't and cut he, his paycheck nope they just flat out cut him Ugh. so uh and it actually like kind of worked out really well for him because he's been an artist and he's been wanting to like get in on doing art professionally and he actually one sec blue i'm doing something important here give me that toy um he was able to get a job with this puppet show on Hulu and he like designed some of the puppets for that, that they used in an episode. Uh, it's looks similar to like crank anchors. I think it's uh-huh. where they kind of do parody of like real life events. Uh, he also worked animation for a Amazon prime series. And now he's got his own Kickstarter funded and he's got like a horror book that'll be coming out very soon because it got crowdfunded within like four hours of him announcing the oh, GoFundMe. Shoot. Oh wow, that's awesome! He, I mean, he's living he his dream. To, he's doing he his to hustle. Put somebody on there. He needs to put me on it. That's and I'm proud of him. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's almost like he sort of needed that in order to be put in a position to kind of follow those dreams. You know what I mean? It was it was a very roundabout way where yeah he was kind of like I don't got much else to do now. I'm right. gonna throw it out there. And a lot of people were biting back, and he got some good jobs. That's awesome. Because I'm wondering if he would have, like, I'm wondering if he would have seized that opportunity had he not been fired. Because it's such a leap of faith to have to take. I'm wondering if he would have done that had he not lost his job. Which, it's never fun losing a job, mm-hmm. but I... No. But it's awesome it's one that of he those... was 
able to take it turn it into a positive you know from from a pretty harsh experience uh, yeah it's one of those things i know he'd been working towards like always but like you said yeah this was just really like a push mm-hmm. yeah yeah really a catalyst to get it moving that's awesome though yeah shout out to jeremy doing the thing that's so cool um what's the name of the show on is it already on hulu um yeah there's like not not yeah it's um it's called let's be real yes it's currently let's be real. streaming on uh no no problem it's currently streaming on hulu all episodes first episode debuted on april 29th 2021 mm-hmm. and it's got rave reviews um i'm looking at the imdb page and actually we're not gonna talk oh there we go yeah so like one of their spoofs they made fun of the presidential candidates donald trump joe biden and kanye west um, <laughs> and they said that the skewered by robert smeagol's puppets so that's pretty cool Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with Robert Smeagol. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to to put that in the podcast notes so people um, can go check that out on Hulu. That's awesome. Period. And I'll definitely get a look as well. Let's do I'm our sure. mental check, health check in. So we'll go with Mr. Austin since like our guest is here. We should be polite. Austin, oh, well, how's your you. mental health? You're welcome. How's your mental health this week? I. It's surprisingly good. It's been a very exhausting last few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. The company I work for got hit with ransomware, so all of our tech has been mm-hmm. sunk. And I work for a news station, so we're not technically doing a live newscast. What happens is the anchors have to pre-record the news, producers download the videos for me, and then I build everything out on an editing timeline. Mm-hmm. And I play it out when the booth's like, okay, you know, uh, three, two, one, go. And then we'll fade to black for commercial. They tell me how long the commercial is. I bring it back up when the commercial's over with. So we're doing the most, like, janky newscast right now. Mm. But apparently the world doesn't know that. Well, if anyone in Austin is listening to this that's not part of CBS Austin, now you know. Because someone came up to uh, one of our anchors and was like, oh, your newscast looked great the other day. I love your show. And he was just like, ha, ha, hmm, hmm, of course. <laughs> right. But, and I oop. <laughs> but it was mentally taxing at first, and I've just been, like, sleeping a lot because I've been so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to make it to the gym, which has been stressful yeah. mentally because I feel like I need to be working out and still not getting lazy. But I've just been trying to take deep breaths, watch some anime. And, like, you know, this isn't something I can control. So why get upset about it? Yeah. And that's a really important mindset to have is what you said right there at the very end, which is I don't have any control over this, so why am I getting so upset about it? Because we get lost Mm -hmm. at a lot of things that we think we have control over, but we really don't, right? So a lot of that stress can seep in from that. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've struggled with that in the past, too. But that's a that's a very powerful thing to to ask yourself is do i have control over this and if you don't then why am i stressing why am i giving this thing i have no con- this i have no power over so much um wh- why am i giving it so much you know of my of my life you know so yeah that's awesome but i'm glad that despite everything that's been going on you're still able to find ways to manage your mental health and be in a pretty good headspace I feel like as long as I have anime, I will be young and powerful <laughs> on the inside forever. Period. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much out there that 
you'll never scratch the surface of like seeing it all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Farron, what about you, buddy? Oh, I'm good this week. Um, I eh, I've been good. Like my mental health's been fine. I just been dealing with some annoyances. I have this coworker who I won't name, who is older, and he believes like because he's older, like he doesn't need to listen to me even though I have more credentials and experience in the field that I work in. Um, he also does not know office etiquette. I had to speak to him like a five-year-old the other day because he walked into my office without knocking. And I was like, and this was like his fourth time. And Tyler knows me. Austin, you just met me somewhat, even though we went to the same high school. But my face tells my mood. So this motherfucker will walk into my office and I'm sitting there giving him this like glare, like I'm going to murder all your children especially, and make you watch. Like, stop fucking doing that. So finally I had the conversation with him to stop doing that. And instead of taking it, and I was polite about it, uh, instead of taking it on the chin like a professional, he went and told my supervisor, who in turn was like, yeah, you can't just walk into people's offices. You need to knock. What happened if he's busy or does not want to talk to you Mm -hmm. or is trying to take a break or in session with the digital client? Um but other than that, me talking to the silverback boomer and just getting that done, I've been great. Like, I have my emotional support Sailor Moon across the room. So if I get really sad, I pick it up and just, like, pet it and then put it back down. It's a little plushy. Um, so I'm good. <laughs> Everything's good. This <laughs> so fine right now. I just want to – I don't want to say what I want to do to this person because it might get me fired. But I do want to, like, roundhouse kick him in the chin at least once if he, like, oversteps my boundaries again. Sure. No, I feel that. Boundaries are an important thing to maintain and respect. Yeah, and we work in the mental health field, so I'm just like, what the fuck? What's not fucking clicking? Like, obviously, I'm making the body language of me being uncomfortable, and now I'm voicing it with an I statement, and you still found a way to make it look like I was blaming and or shaming you, which tells me you're just insecure, and you know that you can't handle the, uh, the power of a bad bitch, and there's no badder bitch than me. So... I don't know. I think he's a little intimidated or he thinks that because he's older, he can, you know, kind of tell me what to do. It's just kind of strange. And like, I've been nothing but polite to this gentleman. But now that my supervisor is like, yeah, just let me know when he like does weird shit again. Just let her know. It's great. So it's fine. It's going to be handled. And I'm absolving and washing my hands of it. Kind of like you said, Austin, I don't give too much energy over bullshit because if I do, I'm going to have to start swinging. And I ain't trying to lose my job. So. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's right. She's got your back on it, too. Oh, yeah. She's she listens. What's up, Candy? She's so cool. Um, And so is my CEO, because I even talked to him about it Friday. And he was like, that is really ridiculous that you have to tell someone over the age of nine to knock on a door. So um, if he's listening, don't fucking knock, like knock on my fucking door. Don't walk in. Cause next time you're liable to get cussed <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> so he's a hundred percent not listening, but yeah. Oh, he probably is. Cause the other day me and candy were having a conversation and he's nosy. He likes the ear hustle. And he was like, I heard you had a podcast. And I was like, yeah, I didn't tell you about it though. He was like, I know, but I was listening when you and Candy were talking. <laughs> and we were in a whole nother room. So this person ear hustled. So I'm just like, whatever. Like, if you want to listen to it, do it. I need the streams. But if you don't, that's fine. But I prefer you didn't because I don't want you to be my, I think we're friends because we're not. We'll never be friends. We can't even sit at the same table. We don't even know the same people. 
Yeah, so my mental health is, um, <laughs> on that note, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, last week, uh, last week, I think the weather had a pretty huge impact on me. It was, like, super cold and dark and rainy, and that's usually mm-hmm. when I'm uh, at my worst. I, I am really affected by the weather in, in my mood, and it was a pretty busy, um, pretty busy week, um, just trying to think about all the things that I have upcoming, all the due dates that I have, and making sure that they're submitted on time Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff. But I've had to learn to sort of take, kind of like what you said, Austin, just really think about what are are some of the things that I can do. And if I know that I show up to work every single day and do what I can do, you know, making a difference, I'm not going to overwork for for this job or really any job because that's when I start getting burned out and that's when I don't want to do it anymore you know so I really have to learn to like take steps back and just know okay in these eight hours I did what I could and what I didn't get done today we'll try to again tomorrow or the next week or whenever we can you know but overall I've been doing pretty good um I'm about to make some pretty big changes to my nutrition um uh, I I don't have like a terrible diet, but it definitely has room for improvement. And yeah. I'm really wanting to increase muscle mass. So I've really just been locked in and um, finding ways to do that. Really just doing it for the for the benefits. But I mean, I can use some, some more muscle, so I'm going to work towards that. Um, and really just eating better food. The hardest part is going to be the nutrition because I'm so picky. I hate green foods. Like I hate I'm not a fan of like salads or broccoli, but I'm going to try to cook them in a way where I can enjoy them. So I'm going to start eating some of those foods. Uh, I love me some spinach and kale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spinach isn't too bad when it's like cooked in something. I can handle Mm -hmm. it pretty, pretty well. Kale never got into it. Uh, Kale chips aren't bad, but just like if you cook them right, they're pretty good. Yeah. But like just like raw kale. Uh, oh, eh, that's okay with some like dressing or chicken mixed in. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I had to, I had to change my diet too recently because my doctor gave me a wrist slap. He was like, "So everything seems fine. There's no diabetes because both my parents have that, so I was mm. freaked out about that. Sure. But they both got high cholesterol too. So the doctor was like, "Boy, why you eating all these salts and fats?" And I was like, "Oh, uh oh." <laughs> so I've had to abstain from eating my bacon cheeseburgers and fries and eating mm. like a dirty high school boy like I used to. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and but it's been good. I've cut out like grains and butter and my fiance my fiance and I have both lost ten pounds because of it. <laughs> oh nice. shit. Nice. Work. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's dope. Yeah. So Tyler, do you want to go ahead and get into our news segment? Yeah, hit us with some sick sad world and it's actually sick, pretty sad pretty sad this time, but yeah, go for it. It is, but like uh so for those who don't know, I'm not a fan of Travis Scott. I've never listened to a Travis Scott song. If you were to tell me with a gun near my head to start rapping some lyrics or die, I'm like Jesus take now. But I was watching the news, and I was very sad to see that um, his Astro World Festival had um, casualties of eight people. Um, they were understaffed when it came to security. Um, fans were blocking EMS workers. There was one, there was two fans who were dancing on top of an ambulance um, as it tried to make its way through the crowd. 
And one of those douchebags uh, made a Twitter, uh, Instagram post, which has now been deleted, talking about, okay, sucks to suck. I came out to have fun, which I think safety Oof. and fun are not mutually exclusive. Like, you need to be safe when you're having fun. Right. Um, Travis Scott has a history. I did some deep diving. I did some Nancy Drew drewing. He has a history of inciting riots at his concerts. Um, in Arkansas, he actually pled guilty to inciting a riot. Um, my friend who lives out in Brooklyn, Thomas, went to his rolling out uh, set, and there was he was inciting the crowds to get riot, you know, to riot. There was a performance where his shoe got lost, and he didn't know who had it. He just pointed at a fan and told his fans to jump him, and then he got the fans jumped him. Um, there was a canceled concert in Tulsa two, three years ago mm -hmm. where his fans tried to destroy the BOK Center, mm -hmm. which oh I'm like, y'all are in Oklahoma and we are in the gun happy cop state, like, but they were mostly white kids, so they were fine. But still, I'm like, y'all are losing it. Travis Scott is not a good person. Um, he watched as one of his fans got carried out and was just like, whatever. And then there was another part where like there was teenagers like begging and pleading for the show to stop. So it's not just on Travis' um, fault. Also the workers at the venue, of course, and whoever put it together. So I imagine there's going to be a giant backlash with this, uh, especially with a lot of legal ramifications that I'm not privy to. Um, the saddest part is a 14-year-old fan of his lost his life, and that was the saddest thing I saw. Um, so... To the Donkey of the Year award, I'm stealing from Char Charlemagne the God. It's going to go to Travis Scott because this should have been held at a stadium where there's more security, better way to keep people out. Um, festivals are cheap, so I think they were just trying to get a bigger, you know, buyback with mm -hmm. the money. And uh, also, fuck Kylie Jenner too for taking a Snapchat and like, look at the ambulance, ah ha 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 ha. Like, girl, you're pregnant and you are in the crowd. You could have been hurt too. Like, shut the fuck up, get off the internet, and start paying these families for funeral costs, lost wages, and uh, emotional distress because y'all asses are getting sued. Yeah, when I heard that story, it just I couldn't believe that people were can be so because I guess like what happened to where like people were getting trampled on, like were people busting mm -hmm. through the gates to get closer to Travis Scott? Like what, what exactly caused so, people to run and trample through people? The chaos ensued way before the show even started. Uh, there was, go ahead. Did it all start with the bounce house? Or the trampoline or whatever that was? I didn't see a bounce house or a trampoline. I just saw, like, before the show, hours before the show, there was, like, about a, like, a couple hundred kids just storming the gates. And, like, the oh, security God. was just like, okay. And there was police officers on horses, and they were just, like, putting their arms out. And I'm like, these kids aren't stopping. This yeah. isn't... This, I think it was over... Excuse me, it was overcrowded. Um, it was a lot. And, like... Reading and hearing some of these tellings of what happened from some of these people who were there, it's, like, fucking scary. So I don't really know what started it. What do you think? Because awesome. my friends, um, we saw an article last night that was talking about how, like, people were being, like, injected with something, like, on this bounce house or this trampoline, something like that. And what happened is people were starting to, like, seize up and react to it. I think... I don't think they were going into cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. but their body was reacting negatively to it. And that caused the other people in that environment to freak out. 
and then they were like running over them and like running over each other and it just like all went to hell real quick well i know that there's also been some reports about the needle injections because the security guard um when he was being taken care of he went into cardiac arrest as well um the doctors and medical examiners were like yo there is a prick mark in his neck like if he was injected with something so if someone was injecting these children with drugs that person is morally fucking corrupt and they need to be like brought to carpet immediately yeah it it just it blows my mind that especially like hearing what you said about people you know dancing on top of the ambulance or blocking ems workers or first responders to get in there and help these people out like the total lack of regard for humans in that in that situation right there with those fans just because they're having a a quote great time at a concert just blows my fucking mind you know it's just i i i don't get it i don't get how some people can just be so selfish and just have no regard for other human beings that they are sharing this space with i I don't get it it's sad it kind of reminds me of the time when i went and saw lana del rey at the cetrion in oklahoma city there was this little girl and somehow i don't know how she got there but her fucking like she starts passing out like fainting and me and the couple i was with and this other couple i met there were like trying to help her and her friend was just standing there Mm -hmm. i was like you need to take your friend out she needs air um, right. This is a tight crowd. And her friend was just like, I'm here to see Lana. I'm like, what you going to tell her parents if she die? Right. Like, I hate to say it like that. I hate to be morbid. But, like, that was the only way to get that girl to get her friend to go outside. Yeah. I was like, if you want your spot back, we'll let you come back. But, like, Jesus. she obviously needs some help. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a really sa- it's a really sad situation uh, all, all around the board. I mean that's what these shows are for is for people to go and have a great time and for people to be trampled to death and just seeing those videos of those lifeless bodies just being carried Oof. away is just that was rough it's rough to watch especially know? while he's just up there he's still i forget what it was but i think i saw the youtube video where he's just like murdering like he was muttering like down down or like he just mm-hmm. kept going while they were like trying to get this kid out of there right there was a scene of one lifeless body being crowd surfed that I saw on Reddit, and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I I'm, mean, I'm curious to see what, what kind of transpires from this story. I know it's kind of early on, and, and yeah. we, we've seen different videos, different shots of kind of what's happened, but overall, we know that lives were lost last night um, that didn't need to be, and, and overall, it's just a very sad situation. I do want to also drop this too. The fans are also liable here as well. Um, like that whole concert was a hot ass mess from what I was watching. Um, fist fights going on during SZA set. Like who fucking fights during SZA? She right? cried. <laughs> She's so fucking sensitive. She's talking about her feelings and you guys are beating the crap out of each other. Like this is just, I think as a concert goer, I love concerts. Um, there's a reason why I don't go to festivals. Festivals are so dangerous. Um, they're usually understaffed. There's more people per capita than workers at said festival. Mm-hmm. There's also people sneaking in, a lot of drug use, which no, you know, I'm not shaming you if you do drugs, but like, it's just never a fun time for me. Like, mm-hmm. I think the only, I've only been to two concerts outside. That was Janet Jackson, but I'll see a uh, three, Janet Jackson and Kesha, I'll sit down. And with Tyler, uh, 
to see Paramore. Mm-hmm. And even though I love Paramore, that's my life band, the worst concert ever because it was so fucking hot. And we were kind of standing like in a situation that was kind of like a, a festival. And also, uh, my friends were getting on Tyler's nerves. But um, <laughs> and then there was that musty old man who kept like creeping on us, and I had to finally tell him to fuck off. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like it was a great show. But back to the situation at hand, I just really sending out all my love to those families, and hopefully yeah. justice is served. And if there was someone injecting people with drugs, I hope they are called to carpet so quick, and they are dealt with with the highest extreme of the law. Yep. Yep. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah. Well, if we don't have anything else to talk about um, with this, <laughs> yeah, let's we can not talk about that shit. No we more. can. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and switch gears over to our two movies that we're discussing today, which is yeah. Marvel's newest movie, Eternals. Uh, and then we were also going to talk about My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission. So let's go ahead and start with our discussion of Eternals. Um, quick summary of this movie. The Eternals, a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years, reunite to battle the evil deviants. Um, this movie is directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao. Uh, this movie received a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is the lowest mm. Rotten Tomatoes score for any Marvel movie. However, Yikes. critics gave it an 81%. So critics aren't really liking the movie, but it seems like some audiences are. Um, so Theron and I went and saw this opening weekend on a Friday night. For me, um, when I watched this movie, I I was pretty in. I was into it. I yeah. thought it was probably the most beautiful marvel movie to date in my opinion um i thought that the casting choices were perfect i thought that the movie did a really good job with the character development of these characters in a short period of time building up the characters getting us to showing us these characters different motives that they had Right, showing us the different idiosyncrasies that each character mm-hmm. possessed. Um, I would definitely uh, toot this movie. It was definitely, I think it would probably be in the sort of the top tier Marvel movies for me. Not top five, but yeah, you know, it's top tier, top tier for sure. Um, and again, that could be some recency bias because you know I just mm-hmm. saw it, but I had a really good time with this movie. Um, Theron, what are some of the things you liked about it? Oh, wow. This First and foremost, like this movie is a highbrow film. It's definitely not the run-of-the-mill Marvel film. And I think that's where there's a big disconnect with some Marvel fans because a lot of Marvel fans do not watch like movies like Pride and Prejudice or The Great Debaters or um, Steel Magnolias. This was very much Oscar bait. It is one of the most... Um, emotionally charged films that Marvel has given. Um, It's light on action, which I'm okay with. Um, It did what uh, Patty Jenkins tried to do with Wonder Woman 1984, where she failed Chloe Zhao slam dunked. Um, And I just want to call out Grace Randolph real quick. She said that Chloe Zhao is a good student who misunderstood the assignment um, fuck off, Grace. Chloe Zhao did not just excel at that assignment. She made a whole new textbook on what a 
what a superhero superhero movie can be because again it had like so much emotion like i felt a lot i don't cry a lot at films um i think the last time i cried at anything was like the pursuit of happiness starring will smith and jaden smith um but i was this movie pulls at your heartstrings and also Shout out to Marvel for giving us the first love scene. I wasn't expecting for Cersei to get her, her cheeks clapped in the first act, but hey, you gotta get to where you fit in, Cersei and Icarus. It's kind of hot. So kinda are hot. the Eternals, are they kind of like the a rough equivalent of the new gods of DC? Yes. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Austin. Um, that sounded condescending. I didn't mean it like that. But uh, yes, they're basically like the watered-down version of the New Gods, where the okay. New Gods have this mythology and this pantheon, pantheon of sorts. It's just like, we are the Eternals, and we are servants of the Celestials. And that's it. Ah, uh, so I was right. That was a Celestial I saw in there. Yes. So what I really liked a lot as well is, as they progress throughout the ages and time, they become some of the Greek mythologies and world mythology heroes. Like... Um, at the end, uh, Phobos's son is just like, hi, Aunt Athena. My dad told me about you being the goddess of war for the Greeks. And she's like, my name is Athena, not that. Like, no, like, they just got it wrong. I don't know why they call me Athena. Drop the A. There's no A. Um, okay. So overall, I really love the film. It's a shoot for me, which is rare. And um, I feel like a lot of people didn't like the movie because they didn't see themselves in a lot because usually like a lot of these marvel films are kind of presented to like in the white uh male like format which is fine i don't care um then we started to see some pushback when like black panther came out and people are like this is racist and then we've seen a lot of pushback when captain marvel came out when they're like she needs to smile more and she fucking sucks because she said this movie wasn't made for white men, which it wasn't. It was made for white girls, but it's okay. Like not everything's made for everyone, but let's not like shit on a movie. If it's not for you. Are you ready for all the butthurt white men for when a uh, female Thor comes out in love and thunder? I don't really give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I Natalie think... Portman. Natalie I, Cause Portman I love that arc Thor. of the comics that Jason Aaron did where, um, Dr. Foster became Thor. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was really well-written. Well-written and so fun. And also sacrifice. Again, emotional core. Because every time... Jane, Jane was going through breast cancer. Spoiler alert. If you did not read James Aaron's run of Thor. Um, and every time she used Mjolnir, she basically erased all her chemotherapy, all her progress with her cancer treatment. So, again, I'm ready for that. So, But let's dive back into the Eternals, Tyler. What, what were some of your thoughts? <laughs> Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed, um, Cersei a lot. Um, mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of funny to me as a Game of Thrones fan, seeing Rob Stark, uh, <laughs> uh Richard Madden is the actor's, uh, actor's name. He plays Icarus, um, mm -hmm. which he's kind of like the Superman type character of this mm -hmm. very like homelander from the boys too oh the laser eyes guy yeah mm -hmm. um he is talking to um one of the eternals her name is cersei and he was like i love you cersei and 
after the movie, I looked at my wife and I was like, it's so hard as a Game of Thrones fan to see Rob Stark saying to a Lannister, not just any Lannister, but one of the most evil Lannisters, I love you, Cersei, you know? (laughs) And then, yeah, like Theron said, um, there was, I think this is like Marvel's first like on-screen sex scene that we saw. I was a little thrown back by it because there was like little kids in front of us. And so I was like, oh my God, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I mean, it wasn't like graphic or nothing, but just to see right. that was just like, Oh my God. Right. right. <laughs> I was like, what's the rating of this movie? But yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Theron, he just over there, he just, just grasped and clinched his pearls, you know, he's just like, Oh my, <laughs> I can't even shock. see this. Well, you have to think again, um, Marvel movies have a formula and we have never had a love scene. So to see that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I did point out something to Tyler, and I went back and watched it, and I was right. Um, none of the straight couples kissed each other in the movie. I mean, were there a lot of couples in this movie that were even shown? Gilgamesh and Thena. They weren't really a couple, though. Oh, they, they were in weren't love with a each couple. Other, I'll debate. I'll debate that. They weren't a couple. You could debate that. You could debate that. You can. I mean, you're not going to win, but it is what it is. Um, I have to say, Angelina Jolie is the baddest bitch thus far. This is where I learned confidence. Like, I remember, like, an article. She was just like, I had to learn confidence because I wasn't cute as a kid. I was like, you know what? Same, Angelina. And now look at us. Beautiful. But um, her Thena was like, I loved watching her create her weapons out of cosmic energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that... Uh, Angelina Jolie learns sword fighting. Well, she learns all the stunts she does. She's kind of like a Margot Robbie's basically a hybrid of her. Um, And she also learned ballet, which was kind of like interesting. And I was like, I wonder how that's going to like influence her movement. But it showed, especially the part where she does a pat of beret into the fire, like about to go fight uh, one of the deviants. And I thought that was pretty dope. So I was like, Mm -hmm. that is cinematic as fuck. Like the movie was the cinematography in the movie was gorgeous because there's a scene where a bus is about to hit Cersei and she touches it because her power is matter manipulation to non-sentient things. She turns this bus into rose petals. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. But I will have to say one of my main gripes with the film was that Cersei was just kind of like this wallflower type character, um, which is fine. But like, I, I guess it's kind of like you know what, actually, I, I'll take it back because I, I have complained in the past about how some of these uh, superhero movies do not show, like, softer, fragile women. So I thought that was kind of cool. But mm-hmm. still, like, I wish she had a little more agency because she was kind of just like, I'm only doing this because everybody wants to go the fuck home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. like Right. Um, so as you were saying with Thena, um, mm-hmm. just, just, for, uh, just to kind of fill Austin in, so... Thena during one of their one of their team fights Thena actually turns on the Eternals and she starts fighting them and she doesn't know that she's doing this and this is because her memories are starting to become fragmented you know they've I think mm-hmm. she's I think she's one of if not the oldest Eternal so yes she's been around for what millions of years so and, it's like god dementia that she's experiencing Kind of. Yeah, I, I would. We'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, I, I would kind of. I would kind of say that that that's a pretty fair comparison. 
Um, so the person that's kind of over all the Eternals, sort of like the shredder of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, by is <laughs> Ajax. Is um, Played by Selma Hayek. Yeah, the it, she does a really good job. Um, so listen, when she said Thanos, the way she said it, Thanos, I was like, oh, I'm here for it. All right. <laughs> yeah. So Ajax um, kind of brings everyone together. I think they're in Egypt at this time, and she's basically saying, well, I need to erase Thena's memories because she's attacking people. Uh, she's attacking the Eternals. She's kind of a threat to others, so I need to just erase her memory, and she won't know that she's an Eternal anymore. And this sparks some debate, um, specifically mm-hmm. with Druig. Um, Druig is a character who can control minds. Uh, yeah. So he's really struggling with the fact that he has to see all of this destruction, this the bad side of human beings when he could just simply control their minds Stop and it. sort of create this utopia. Is this the weird like green tentacle guy I've seen in the trailer? There's no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That's that's the deviant. Um, okay. So, but basically, Druig though he like kind of defects from the Eternals. I think he's the first one, and he like takes a group of people and starts this like hippie commune that's all under his like mind control. And I want to tell you this, Austin, like, watching him use his powers is extremely unsettling the way, especially the way, like, Chloe Zhao shot it. Because, like, it will be, like, this dark overcast, like, shadows over their faces already because they're kind of in a dark area. And then their eyes turn yellow Mm -hmm. when he's, like, yeah, and they're just, like, staring. It was fucking creepy. Um, And he's also kind of in love with Makari, who is Marvel's first death character. And she's a speedster, and she makes these sonic booms. Okay. hands down the best fight scenes for a speedster in any movie across the board marvel and dc even if you don't want to see the movie watch it for her because those fight scenes when she she wanted all the smoke like she was knocking people with these sonic booms Mm -hmm. like spoiler alert icarus is the main villain of the movie we find out what the also the celestials are as well and she gave icarus the fucking business for a while until uh phantos figured out how to use his techno path abilities to like drain his powers because um do you want to tell him now what we find out what the eternals actually are or uh i mean we're jumping way ahead but yeah go for it i mean we shouldn't do a play-by-play of the whole movie it's like nah, not the whole movie i was just gonna kind of yeah. are they give a... are, or is it preluding to marvel giving us mutants finally no oh <laughs> just some bullshit Damn. kind of though go ahead kind Darren. Of, though. go ahead um so we find out that the eternals are placed on earth because they create these planets, the Celestials, to create more Celestials. And the only way for the Celestials to be birthed is for civilization to advance. So then there's the Deviants to, like, make, uh, to protect civilization, but then the Deviants became the Apex Predators as well. They, like, evolved. Like, so it's kind of like a story of evolution. Interesting. So the Celestials created the Eternals, which are basically cosmic robots androids they're fucking robots which and is why they so, never age and they've been around for millions of years oh uh, that explains yes. why our memories were fragmenting mm-hmm. like that yeah yes yeah and so like and you said it was like dementia and i had to like i think it was more like a dissociative fugue amnesia where like people just have amnesia because of trauma and like they kind of been through thousands of centuries of years of trauma. So like it's a little bit of PTSD 
a little bit of fugue amnesia. That's why I was taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Tyler, I don't mean to overstep. No, so. you're, no, you're good. I mean, we didn't really decide. Typically, when we do movies, um, we typically do a play-by-play. But since we have two movies to we're discuss, doing two. Uh, we're doing two. So we should probably just go through. I'm just going to let Austin know that um, the way that we're sort of like introduced, reintroduced sort of these characters, it, it's kind of yeah. a the team breaks up and then deviants are back on earth so cersei uh sprite and icarus have to go back out and find the eternals who now have their own lives right so you have uh kingo who is like this big bollywood actor played by best character of the movie yeah for sure um played by uh kamel nanjani he absolutely. I'm happy to see him it. expanding out a lot more with more acting roles. Me too. Yes. I love him. He's so fucking high. I first uh, was introduced to him through. Um, why am I spacing on um, Silicon Valley? Yeah, Silicon yeah. Valley. It's a good show. So good. He also is in a movie called The Big Sick, which I would recommend. I think it's an Amazon. Yeah, movie, that's so. on my list. Yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. Um, this is the this is the movie where remember he kind of came up because he was sort of known as like the nerdy type guy especially like in his roles in like silicon valley and then he just shows up and he's just jacked as shit and people were like oh damn he's in a marvel movie he's just huge arms and yeah he's he lo- yeah, i've he seen a great. lot of posts about him old boy is uh is chiseled yeah he's is... great cheese on those abs <laughs> right. yeah he's he looking real good but he was the funniest person of the uh, of the cast for mm-hmm. sure um I liked how he uh, did the gang member shot, the kill shot, the kill shot, instead of doing the finger guns with the normal way he was to the side like he was on the <laughs> kitchen shoot. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then his sidekick, who I, his name has escaped me. Um, uh, Karun. Karun mm-hmm. was so, so fucking funny. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, it's Karun. I'm sorry. I loved him. He was funny. Um I kind of felt bad for Gilgamesh, and Gilgamesh, like, he had a decent fight scene. It had a hero's death in this film. Yeah. Um, they kind of killed him off. But we kind of figure out that, like, uh, Ajax knew the whole time that they were robots and what they were there to do. Um, which a- Ajax, that was some bullshit. Ajax, we find out, was murdered by Icarus because he was like, because Ajax was like, I can't fucking do this. Like, we need to tell them. Um then we find out Sprite's the hating ass bitch of the fucking movie, which I couldn't stand Sprite the whole time. She like betrayed Ajax, uh, betrayed the whole Eternals to be on Icarus' side because she had a crush on him. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, right. Fucking. It's Peter been a, Pan it's been a million bitch. years. Like, get over it. <laughs> right. Like you look 12 forever, but um, uh, they basically figure out a way to use this little telecommunication device they were using to sync all of their brains to become like, god tier celestial tier but they all mm. have to use their like powers together through cersei yeah. and that's basically how the movie ends because cersei basically like stops the celestial from coming turns sprite into a human and then icarus decides to off himself Interesting. Any, any guesses as to how he does that austin um I've I've had trouble keeping up with the names and everything and everyone's powers, so I'm not 100 percent on Icarus how he would do this. the one who could fly. Oh, does he just like throw himself into the sun? There you go. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fucking knew it. There you go. And I was just like, oh, okay, so this is what we do. And okay, girl, whatever. Like, you don't have to be this dramatic bitch, but whatever. <laughs> so, was this? Did they do anything for the celestial that came to like 
this earth in the film was it sick or anything like that so um a, with cersei's powers she can manipulate matter on non-sentient beings but when she got Ajax's little crystal, it like heightened her powers to the level where she could touch deviants and change them into trees. Yeah. So they're like, we need to amplify your powers more so we can just kill this Celestial. We will just turn it into dust, um, into a statue. And that's what basically happens. And the funniest part about the movie, it was just like everyone on Earth was just like, oh, okay, another real, really crazy, weird piece of shit just happened. Whatever, <laughs> we don't fucking yeah, care. A global we just earthquake. Got back from <laughs> They're like another global pandemic or whatever. Where like they, I feel like everyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially Wanda, all need to go to therapy. Like <laughs> they're all fucking losing it. <laughs> Because oh, I was sure. wondering, I know with the, the newest run of the Avengers they did, they revealed that, like, when the specific Celestial that, like, came to Earth, it was sick, and it spewed its guts out onto the Earth, and that is what caused, like, humanity mm. to evolve, it's also what triggered, like, metagenes in people, and it's mm. what caused mutants to be a thing. So, I've heard a lot of people theorizing, like, oh, this will be their way of, like, segueing into mutants are gonna finally be here. So... That would make sense, but no, they I they think, didn't with this one. I think how they're going to spin it, because in the internals, they were talking about how the evolution of humans is the reason why Celestials are born. Yeah. I think because they didn't kill off the Celestial, we're going to get more people like Wanda. Because Agatha Harkness even said... Oh, so the Infinity Stone amplified something inside of you that would have died on the branch. So reading these, like, I have a Marvel encyclopedia somewhere in my house, and they kind of hint, it's the MCU version, they hint that Juan and Pietro and also uh, Carol Danvers are latent mutants, and the Infinity Stone just woke up their, uh, their X-Gene. Interesting. But it could be anything. So... But let's get into my hero. One last oh, question about Eternals, actually. Okay. Uh, was Pip the troll in one of the extra credit scenes? Yes. yes. We have to talk about Daddy the Harry Styles. Because I Styles. saw. Wait, Pip is Harry Styles? No, Harry okay, Styles I... shows up he's Adam. with Pip. He's uh... okay. No, he's not Adam Warlock. He's Eros. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Thanos' brother. Yeah, Star Fox. Oh, oh, oh. Because, yeah, I saw someone was like, oh, spoilers for this scene. And I saw, like, an old 80s comic clip of Pip the Troll. I was like, holy shit, I forgot Such about Such a throwback. Mm-hmm. He was like, wasn't he a key player in the original, like, Infinity Stone run from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yes, so was Nebula. A lot of people don't know, but Nebula did the snap. Uh, actually got a hold of the Infinity Gauntlet in the comics and, like, went fucking crazy. Um, but, yeah, he shows up. Uh, with Harry Styles, because at the end of the Eternals, um, Phobos, Kingo, and Cersei get kidnapped by the Celestials. Uh, Thena, and who else went with Thena? Oh, Makari and Druid are in space looking for the other Eternals on the other planets to stop this whole, like, destruction of that planet for the new Celestial. And that's when Harry Styles pops up. But the coolest part is... um, Blade, his voice shows up in the second end credit because we're getting the Black Knight, which means we're getting the Midnight fucking Suns, and I'm so fucking pumped, which I hope we get Elsa Bloodstone if we're getting the Midnight Suns. 
yeah. Elsa Bloodstone is like a deep cut Marvel character who is a like bounty hunter of like the macabre and the strange. Okay, is she the main girl that we saw in the trailer for the Midnight Suns game? No, that was Nico Minaru from The okay. Runaways. Yeah, so Austin, one other thing we forgot. There's a lot of characters to go into with this um, movie. Uh, another character who is um, a human who's dating Cersei on Earth is um, played by Kit Harrington. Um, his oh, name yeah, is it, uh, Dane Whitman. So... Uh, Dane, uh, towards the end of the movie, says, hey, I have to tell you something about my family. They're, it's kind of complicated. And then, boom, that's when Cersei and a couple of the other Eternals are summoned by like the main c- Celestial to space. And then that post-credit scene is uh, Kit Harrington uh, or Jon Snow, as you may know him as, goes into his uh, sort of family's library, opens up, this box and it has the blade there and that's when we hear the voice that Theron talked about blade um saying something like uh are you sure you want to open that mm-hmm. and uh and then in credit scene and then it says the eternals will return so we'll see how they kind of connect everything um uh, i'm sure there's probably a lot of hate from harry styles joining the mcu i'm i'm no here. it's been well received from what i've seen like people are fucking stoked harry styles is actually he turned this role down um to be prince eric in the live action um little mermaid film because he said he was going on tour but we all found out that was a goddamn lie because we were in a panda express line and they were filming during the panda express line uh, but kind mm. of find out it's because he signed on to be on marvel oh okay Yes, so I'm here for it, but we're kind of like on time, so let's go ahead and get into my hero, sure, yeah, for sure. So, my hero academia, um, so Japan's greatest heroes must track down the mastermind behind a deadly chemical attack, directed by Kinji Nagasaki. This movie has an 84% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Theron and I went and saw this yesterday. Um, Austin, you saw this movie as well. Yeah, uh, you are also a huge fan of the My Hero Academia world. You've helped me get into really all anime, so I owe my anime love uh, to you. Um, Always happy so, to help open that door for somebody. So, yeah, so you're welcome. Um, but uh, yeah, let's start with you, Austin. So we've been doing most of the talking. What were sort of your general thoughts on World Heroes Mission? It was a lot of fun. I feel like with a majority of anime films the story's never like the strongest point about it Mm -hmm. it's usually like with this it was the fight scenes yeah they did a lot of aerial shots with this one and i felt like those were all very well done and it was fun to see them play more with deku's black whip ability now that he's unlocked that Mm -hmm. and see him go zipping around the city yeah he's like spider-man now which (laughs) but like all the characters were fun it was an interesting play out um I think Bakugo's final fight was my favorite scene out of the whole film, seeing him go up against the twins. Yeah. He um he he killed it. Bakugo is one of those characters I know a lot of people like him. When I first started watching the show, I was like, Man, he's just he's always so angry. How do people <sighs> like him so much? And then when you start to like when you when you get to meet his mom you're like, oh, okay, she's literally, they're literally the same person. And his dad's, like, the very quiet, well-reserved, like, okay, honey. 
his dad's so whipped and his mom's just 100% aggro. <laughs> no, I have to just say something. Like, I feel like that character, I, for the listeners, I never watched an episode of My Hero Academia, so that was my introduction. Um, what was the bomb arm guy's name again? Abakugo. Abakugo yeah. was, like, the worst part of the movie. He was, like, <laughs> every, like, anime stereotype of the hothead character that I hate. Like, stop telling me what to do. I'm just like, <laughs> I have clients who act like this, and this is the reason why. Um, it was just, his fight scenes were, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The fight scene with the twins was beautiful. Like, all the fight scenes were kind of cool as shit. But that was just, like, I can't handle him. Like, I was literally, I had to get up and go to the bathroom. He was giving me anxiety. Like, it was a lot. Because you guys watched the dubbed one, right? Yes. Okay, that's probably a little less intense. Because I feel like his his Japanese VA, ever since Bakugo, he seemed to have been shoehorned into, like, the angry teenager role. Because, like, he's had two <laughs> big roles after that. And they've all been just, like, extremely mad and yelling for, like, a majority of their lines. Wow. Yeah, I, I watched like... I watched the dub one on this one just because I think I think the dub for my hero is really good. So I, I do like the, the cast one. from what I've heard. Yeah, and I think that was the only that was the only showing that was available um, at the theater that I went to was just yeah. the dubbed, and I was like, okay, I'm cool with it. We saw Demon Slayer uh, subbed, but yeah, this was dubbed. But were we saying? I feel, also, like, I'm they, sorry. I feel like they did short um, Shoto with his fight. Mm-hmm. Because it, we just got a few glimpses of him trying to, like, freeze his way out of um, that one villain's, like, weird horn cocoon thing. Right. And then he finally, like, iced him in the waterfall. Right. And it was mostly focused on, like, Deku and Bakugo. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. I, during that whole final act, I kind of forgot what Todoroki's fight scene even was. I was like, oh, okay, now I remember because yeah. my my mind went to Deku and Bakugo's fight that entire time and so what go ahead I'm sorry oh so when we were leaving the movie I kind of explained like kind of told Tyler I was like yeah they kind of had the fire and ice guy use like more of like luck and like logic to kind of get out of his situation because he had to like figure out this guy's power set but then they also did the same thing with the main character he had to figure out, oh, wait, there's a limit to this. Because I'm starting to notice the cracks in his armor here. Right. So that's kind yeah, of that's... Di- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's what I kept wondering the whole time. I was like, this guy's literally fighting the card mirror force from Yu-Gi-Oh. How is Deku yes. going to go back against that? <laughs> it was, I don't know. I, I will say that, like, as a person who's never seen an episode of My Hero Academia, I really liked what I saw. So I'm actually going to start it eventually uh, would 100% <laughs> recommended it yeah oh it's so good the, sh- the show just, is actually in my opinion much better than the movie um personally I I thought some of the writing I was telling Theron this afterwards I was like there's a couple of like very cringy lines like Deku would be like that's what a hero's supposed to do or that's what a hero does and I was like it's too cheesy for me but I don't feel like he's notes. that cheesy of a character in the show like in the show he's more about yes doing the right thing um following his heart he nobody knows quirks or superheroes more than deku does obviously he's the main character but the way some of the writing decisions in this movie were a little bit too cringy slash corny at times but it doesn't it doesn't take you out of the movie but there were a couple moments where i was like ugh. 
like even yeah for even for anime it feels a little too like on the nose right mm-hmm. i also like how they promoted their stealth suits for the whole thing and we got maybe five <sighs> minutes of screen time in know. them in the stealth suits <laughs> i know they were so cool especially bakugo's stealth suit like his yeah. is great i'm looking at it right now i mean i love deku's like you know rabbit suits really cool um mm-hmm. todoroki is hands down my favorite character um, he, is that uh, the main character? No, Todoroki uh, is the um, ice and fire guy. He has okay, like the, yeah, he was fine. He has the red hair and the the white hair. Mm-hmm. He's literally anime Zuko. Yes, he Basically, is. Basically, yeah. he was given very much anime Zuko. I oh, was he's got some up. dad problems too. Yeah, I was telling <laughs> him afterwards. Was, that's what Tyler was telling me about. Yeah. I was like, you know, Endeavor, the big flame guy, that's like the number one hero. That's Todoroki's dad. So. Oh yeah, I think like another thing that was making me like that I really like thought was kind of cringy it's the anime anime trope when a team of people say the same thing at the same time i'm like i'm not fucking watching power rangers like (laughs) let's stop this shit um but i do like that new character they introduced but like his quirk was with the oh pino brody brody and pino brody yeah yeah with the birds and the bird i thought it was really sweet i loved his backstory um of course, if you are a big anime fan, we all have seen the older sibling taking care of their child-aged siblings uh, trope, but eh, it was done well. It made sense. Um, I liked how he thought that his dad just abandoned them, and then we found out that he was actually kidnapped, and he's actually a hero himself, because he's the one who made the off switch for the fucking bombs that were supposed to trigger the quirks to go haywire yeah quirk acceleration to where basically it goes to like an uncontrollable state mm-hmm. which all i this was actually a very bloody film like for what i was expecting from mm-hmm. my hero because like the show's nowhere near this graphic like no. we see bakugo get skewered mm-hmm. brody gets cut up deku gets impaled i just saw Multiple this moment times. i was like whoa yeah. guys yeah and they all live to tell the tale they do, and I was I actually know what the health little, insurance like. <laughs> I was a little worried about. I was a little worried about Deku. I was like, "There's no way it's going to be canon." Because my friend, I think he was messing with me, but he kind of insinuated that a certain character wouldn't return to the franchise mm-hmm. at all. And when I saw that final scene with Deku just getting impelled over and over um, by Flecturn's um, like reflecting powers. I was like, oh, don't tell me they're going to do this because I'm not about to cry in front of Theron. So <laughs> I held my tears when I watched Mugen Train at the very end. R.I.P. Oh, Ringoku. I cried like a small child in Mugen Train. I, I texted you immediately that afterwards. That hurt me so goddamn much. <laughs> so My dumb. friend, she went and saw it too. She goes, Austin, why did they make me love Flame Himbo? Why did they hurt me like this? <laughs> He's okay, just yelling like, delicious the whole time. It was such a, it was such a good movie. <laughs> like he taught them about friendship and how to use their abilities a little better. But you man. would, if you liked the movie, you would really love the show. Because I mean, we. I like Demon these... Slayer. I watched Demon Slayer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going back to. Um... Uh, oh, sorry. my hero. I thought we were going back to my hero. I'm sorry. I mean, I will my definitely bad. watch my hero. Like, I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. Like, I just again, I was just cracking up because like. The rib, the frog girl took me out for a second. She just like <laughs> ribbits, and I'm like, I know this fucking bitch did not just ribbit. I know you fucking lie. Yeah, like, I said it. She, she garrows. Garrow. I legit screamed that in the middle of the movie to the point where Tyler's like, Yeah, she she's a toad. Be quiet. I was I was <laughs> like, Yeah. So she's a her quirk is frog. Like in the show, like present Mike is the one that introduces people's quirks, 
um because mm-hmm. it'll she'll just be like ribbit and then he'll be like he'll be like suyu asui uh her quirk frog and it's yeah that's exactly what her quirk <laughs> is she is basically a frog she's also like a fan favorite among the male audience too yeah but you have to weird remember like for sure a lot of anime fans there's like the cool ones that i'm like yeah we're great and then they're the ones that borderline cringe <laughs> borderline they live in cringe <laughs> it's full like, sin Ugh. cringe there's some full sin cringe out there can i just have a side story real quick real quick i had an anime friend not even an anime friend i was in spanish three high school will rogers this girl was so into um, Elfin Lead that she was like, I'm a werewolf when midnight hits. And she believed it. And one time she growled at me. And I was just picking up my backpack and I just nice. looked at her. I was like, girl, uh-uh. And so this bitch proceeds to bite me in the middle of my Spanish class. And so I deck her one. And then oh we both God. get in trouble. But then when they found out this bitch just bit me because she was trying to prove a point, I like she got suspended. And then they like made her take like a psychiatric evaluation or some shit. I never saw the bitch again. But like that right hand I gave her was something of legend. Because I'm like, you ain't going to bite me, bitch. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, back to the Did you give her the old <laughs> Oklahoma smash? I gave her, listen, I gave her a one-two buckle my motherfucking shoe, because what you ain't going to do is bite the fuck out of me. Like, what? Like, I was so confused. I was, like, stunned, and she wouldn't let go. It was, like, one of those nar nar type bites. And so I went... Oh, the lockjaw. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I decked her so hard. Like, I saw her eyes kind of, like, go back, and I felt kind of bad, because I was like, I thought she was kind of... As my mama would say, touched. So I was just like, oh, okay, like I just hit another special needs person. This is like the third time I've done this in my school career. <laughs> um, so kind of find out there was nothing wrong with her, thank God, because I would have felt bad. But yeah. She was like, on all levels except physical, I am a werewolf. Like that vine. <laughs> She just no, barks, she at, the, like she barks at the pregnant suit. with a pact of like a like she was like I have a litter I'm pregnant and I remember her boyfriend God. was weird and he said he was a vampire and I was like I really need to get out of the Spanish oh class. man they loved Twilight didn't they they loved it she smelled like fucking hot dog water that's all I <laughs> I could I don't care what she liked Ooh. what she should have liked was that soap and some motherfucking hot water oh <laughs> uh, that reminds me one of my friends when she was like she went to her first anime convention after her husband got it into got her into anime and she walked by me she goes why does it smell so musty in here and i said oh shana oh babe. a lot of people don't know about deodorant at these conventions despite wearing heavy costumes for several hours Ooh, that just made me need a moment i'm about to spray myself with some rose ivy water because that just just maybe just gave me a ptsd flashback I need to exercise like, the must just be like oh child i used to spray her like because like she would walk by and i'll just be like Uh, (laughs) and people were like you're such a bully i was like i'm going through some things and yes i am a bully but this is the one distraction i have going on in my life right now do not take it away from me (laughs) so (laughs) listen her twerk wins stank (laughs) oh my uh, i loved at the the final punch that deku delivers to our main baddie fleck turn his last punch, I believe, is United States Smash. And I think it was United States of World in this one. Oh, of World. Oh, okay. I love that parallel between All Might. Uh, All Might uses the United States Smash 2 when he defeats, in Season 3, when he defeats All for One. Oh, so you've seen that now. Yes. Oh. That mm. was the best episode 
And I and I when I watched it, um, I went to Google and I was I was just curious because I was thinking, did I just watch the best episode of the whole series? And I went to Google and I was like, what are the best episodes? And it was like season three, episode whatever, um, symbol of peace, or, or no, I think it was prior to symbol of peace. Um, it may have just been called all for one, but um, I watched that episode and then when he points at Deku and he was, you know, he's just like, it's your turn now. And I was just like, holy shit. And at the end of the episode, when you see his, like, battered body proverbially over, like, the fire of One for All, and it just, like, flickers out. Yes. So, so good. And that was, like, the big turning point. I mean, we already knew, you know, for Deco where his storyline was sort of going to go, but the way in which it went was was just everything. Um Oh, I forgot you're doing dubs, so like Black Whip was just like a sideline for you. Like, did you know about that beforehand? Um, I'd read about it, but that was okay. that was new to me, yeah. Um, because so where I'm at in the show, because sadly I haven't finished the series yet, um I I was unfamiliar with that. I'd seen the trailer and I'd read about it and I was like, so Deku's like tapping into some Spider-Man shit now? I mean, I'm fine Do you care about minor minor spoilers since you know he developed a new power? No, I'm I'm fine with it. Fair enough. You go with it because I know you're going to watch it one day. I don't care. So you know how um, One for All has been cultivated from like hero to hero and Mm -hmm. it's passed down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the unique thing with that is while it's been with them, like each time it gets passed on, it clings on to a little bit of the previous user and it carries that quirk on with them. Right. So Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Deku has like, I think it's six total powers he gains. Additional powers aside from like All Might's strength. Got it. Okay. Because him, All Might, and the first user are the exception because they were technically quirkless. Right, because it's only passed down. Is it mostly only passed down to people without quirks? Or? Uh, those were the those are the only three because everyone else has a quirk. Got it. And Deku's like been pulling from that because the Black Whip came from the third. No, he was the fourth inheritor. I think I can't remember. I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Now don't fight me now because I know how you girls like to tussle. But what would be like some critiques to this film that you would point out? Since I basically kind of said some mean things about it, since you two are fans, I mean the story is weak. That's that's one thing I'll agree on. It felt like the most of it felt like a Deku rom com, mm. going on a uh, trip with his like his summer crush. Okay, yeah. Um, I I guess it with the advertising for me because when they said World Heroes mission, I thought we were going to see a lot more characters play out from around the globe. Like, we saw Salam, the Egyptian hero, and I was kind of hyped. I was like, oh, we get to see a preview of him before uh, he shows up in the anime, like, several seasons later. Mm-hmm. But, and then it just ended up being a purely, like, the uh, triple triad focus of Deku, Shoto, and uh, Bakugo. Yeah. Yeah, I found it funny. They're like, all right, we're going to split up. All right, our three most powerful heroes, arguably from UA, are going to be on the same team. And I was like, ah, movie's got a movie. You know, those are the three. I, I'm really upset we didn't get to see Ida, like, at all. We got mm. to see him like, oh, no, what's going on? But, like, I love Ida so much. He's not my favorite. It's Todoroki, so I was 
I was all right with that part. But mm. see, that's what I like really about cool. the second film so much is that everyone like played a key part mm-hmm. in helping with the final phase of the film. Right. Like everyone squared off against the big baddie, um, Tokuyami. He mm-hmm. had a huge part in that, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the end, Deku and Bakugo still stole the show against the final villain. But, like, everyone from UA, from Class A, had a chance to shine right. and show their quirks and, like, show what they were capable of. Right. And that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so good and satisfying. Right. Which is great. And that's then with... We, oh, that's what we get in the show, which is nice. Yeah. there's a big attack. Like, whether it's when they're at the summer camp or the attack on UA, they're all mm-hmm. getting together and using the quirks. You know, and then like with this film afterwards, it was just like, oh, you know, it was, it was a fun anime film. It was, yeah. it was uh, nice. I just felt like they were just too gung ho, like about dying. Like we're heroes, and this is what we do. And then that really dumb girl who like touches things, they float, and she was oh, like, "Oh, gravity." Yeah, she was like, my only reason why I'm doing this is because I want to get digged down by Doku or whatever his name is. Because <laughs> like, I was like, this is so sexist. Like, does she have any other motivation other than Deku liking to be the last hero standing? Like, I was like, this is so boring. Like, <laughs> She's a lot more fleshed out in the series, I promise okay, you that. Because sure. when she said that, I was like, I kind of just like... It was a theater of young girls. This is not the right. Right. It was like her only line in the film too. It was just like, I'm doing this for Deku. It's what he would do. And I'm like, come on. I was like the rivet girl. At least she had some agency. She's like, we need to help these people. I don't know (laughs) if you got a dick appointment after this or what, but we need to help these people. We don't (laughs) die. (laughs) Right. Um, I I think another to also expand on your question, Theron, I, I think unless I missed this in the movie, but I wasn't fully aware of what Fleck Turn's motivations were. Like I knew, I knew why I knew that he wanted to do this, but what happened in his life where he was like, we got to get rid of quirks because he has. Oh, remember his parents would never touch him. He was like never loved or hugged because he was like, no one would touch me because it was just thrown back at them and reflected away. And I didn't feel emotions. Oh, okay. (laughs) I couldn't okay. love anybody. I couldn't kiss okay, someone. When he said that, all I heard was "wah wah wah." I'm a whiny bitch. Like I was just like, Get yeah. Over my it. mind must have just been somebody somewhere else when that came up because I completely missed that part. I mean, it, it was the same for me there, and I was like, "This is some weak shit," but okay. <laughs> I was like, and then when Deku was even... like, "I'll overload your reflecting power," I'm like, "Uh huh." That's the only way we're gonna get through this. Yeah. So go. what I thought what Deku was gonna do was kill him with kindness because I'm a big fan of Sailor Moon. Um, I am wearing a vintage 1995 Sailor Moon shirt that I paid $100 to get shipped to America from Australia. Just want to put that little famous plug in it there. It looks dope as fuck. By so the way. dope. If you guys have seen it, and if you haven't. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was just gonna like kill her with kill him with friendship and kindness because that's like a Sailor Moon trope that I like laugh at, but also like low key be like, this is so cute and wholesome. I could totally see that the bad guy is gonna be your friend because you just shot him with a beam of love and friendship. <laughs> so I just thought he was gonna hug him and he would just be like, okay, I give up, I tap out. Like, it's like what I thought he just does like a whole like goodwill hunting. He's like, it's not your fault. And he's like, shut <laughs> up. Why are you saying that? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Plus ultra. No, what is happening? <laughs> I was wondering this. I thought the same thing too because, like I said, I was like, the, he can't get around this. Like, this is just going to blow it back at him. And then he was like, oh, he's cracking. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it would have like, yeah, been more compelling if he was able to stop him that way and, like, hey, man, 
we can show you that like it's not all bad like my life sucked i didn't have a quirk originally <laughs> mm-hmm. but people got mad when patty jenkins did that in wonder woman 1984 and i'm like i read george perez's run of uh, wonder woman and yeah she will try to talk you out of it and if you can't do it she's gonna cut your head off i mean literally she told maxwell lord hey, you need to stop this. And he's like, I'm not stopping this. She's like, well, what is the way for me to stop this? And he's like, you're going to have to kill me. And she just looked at him dead in his face and snapped his neck. So I was like, yeah, Wonder Woman will talk him down before killing him if she had to. So like, that's what I was like, is this about to happen? Because I already know that the um, neckbeards of the internet, or especially the anime neckbeards of the internet, are about to have a fucking field day with this movie if he hugs him and that's the end of the movie. I, yeah. Well, now that you mentioned that, Tyler, can you think of any moments where Deku's resolved something with more than just beating the shit out of somebody? Um, I know that he has. Um, well, I'm tr- okay, I, there is one in season four now that I think about it. I know that there's there's got to be one in... I think he does a really... Yeah, so during like season two, early season two, during the... UA uh during the trials it's like the competition that they're doing I know that he gets beaten very early in the in because he has to go against Bakugo in like the very first or Todoroki one of the two um they, oh yeah with Shoto yeah and they kick his ass um and then I know he goes back to the drawing board and I think he's helping um the girl Urodaki Uriaki. Uraka. Yeah, Uravity. Yeah. Um, I think he helps her find ways to win her next fight, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah. And then that fight with Shoto too, that is the moment where he was like, That's when it clicked with me. He's like, You're right, I can't keep ignoring like my dad. He's a part of me. Right. I need to rely mm-hmm. on more than just my eyes. Yeah, that's right. He's like, dude, you can use your fire. Use your fire. He's just like all right, fuck it, and he does. So, and there's actually a nice part in season four where he goes up against someone called Gentle Criminal. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it for you, like what all goes into it, but essentially, he's an example of like Deku with a bad day, where instead, like the world beat him down, and he didn't keep going like Deku did. He just like gave in to like being a criminal and turned his back on everyone. Mm. And seeing the events of all that play out was actually really satisfying and one of my favorite like mini arcs from the series yeah yeah no i i'll I'll get close to that pretty far i'm almost done with season three and then i'll get into season four and then try to get caught up with season five Uh, because i know season five is currently it wrapped up a while ago did it really yeah that's perfect for me then because i'm about to literally start a binge watch tomorrow so i'm going to at least get done with season one by the end of the week oh nice yeah you'll probably actually pass me to be honest because i I don't watch you have children. Yeah, I just I don't watch shows as fast as I'd like to. I have too much going on. Um, so I'll tell you all this about season about a uh, season six of my hero. That manga arc was the equivalent of like reading Endgame for me. Like so much mm. happens. Wow. See, Ooh. and I haven't read the manga because I've been watching the show. So I was like, do I want to? So I'm like, I'm gonna get through Demon Slayer first. So I'm rereading Entertainment District just so I'm fresh because I read it all, mm. but then I was like, I kind of forgot what the hell happened, so I'm just gonna go back and read it again. 
Cause I just remember really that weekend I got my COVID shot and I was like down and out. So I was like, I'm going to read manga while I recover. Mm-hmm. And I started like in the middle of the entertainment district and then I finished the series by mm-hmm. Sunday. Oh, wow. I, I just you... blew through that manga. <laughs> were you using the, um, were you using, were you reading it on, um, on an the app? The Viz app? The Viz app, yeah, yeah. I was just like in my bed, just scrolling through my phone being like, mm. What a great deal. What a great deal. Yeah. It's like what? three bucks a month and you get access to all these shonen mangas that are out there there's so mm. many yeah it's it's really good well um theron i know that we need to go ahead and wrap this up because i know that you have a pretty hard out so um let's go ahead and end with um our recommendations i think it's pretty fair to say that all three of us will uh uh toot this movie pretty good um i'll give it a b a 90 a 89 89 yeah. okay um, I'm going to go ahead and give this a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 90. I'll just go up one more than you. Um, oh, you're fucking stupid. I know. Sorry. This isn't a, like a math class where there's a curve. <laughs> We're not going to curve it to the <laughs> highest denominator, right. the closest denominator. Well, you guys all okay. sucked. So we're going to grade this on a curve, which is what we always love to hear when we butchered yeah. a test. I, what about you, Austin? What do you rank this movie? I'd give it like a B minus. It was okay. Yeah. Like mm. it, it's fun. It's your usual like anime romp. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's anything like you know super huge or like mm. something to write home about. But like if if you're a fan of my hero, go watch it. You'll have a fun time. Yeah. Can I say something very controversial? Too. Again, I will say. My Hero Academia has nothing on Sailor Moon Eternal because that that two four almost two and a half hour long movie, yeah, that was well paced. So maybe they need to like add a little more time because the movie was about an hour and forty minutes, and I think it just needed a little more time to expand their ideas. That's the only critique I have, um, besides like it being extremely anime tropey. Yeah, it's one of those things too where I just I didn't dig too much into it in my mind because i was like it's just like a typical anime film it's like yeah sometimes they're like well written and provoking like one piece film z and other times they're just kind of like a fun little popcorn film they're just there (laughs) right right like i remember pokemon forever being one of those films where i was like oh this Mm. isn't bad or the one with latios and latios and then I remember as a kid watching Entei almost snap Charizard's neck in the theater and be like, oh my god. <laughs> Listen, the, the Pokemon movies were fucking brutal. Like the one where Ash got turned to stone and like Misty was like, please no. And they were trying to fix that dub because in the Japanese version, she was like, God no. So in the English dub, they wanted to like lessen the blow that this kid just died in front of a group of other kids. And so they were going to try to turn it to where she said, my bike but it wouldn't fit the dubbing of her mouth. So they oh were just God. like, please no. So I was like, yeah, don't put the fucking bike. Who gives a fuck about the bike? He fucking died. Like, Do you wait. know about the scene they cut out from the uh, original Pokemon movie that actually explains that? No. So there's a little intro f- uh, clip that's only in the Japanese one because it's, uh, you know, the professor with like the big nose and the, like, the wild hair that's yeah. cloning Mewtwo? It's Mewtwo as an infant and it's with a Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle clone, and there's, like, a little girl in there, too. And they're all connected in, like, this dream world. And it turns out that's where, like, the clone consciousness are, like, there while they're developing. Mm -hmm. And the doctor was originally doing all this because he wanted to bring back his dead daughter. 
and you hear mm. and you see them like going through life and you hear her like explaining the world to Mewtwo and he's like oh that sounds so cool I like I love hanging out with you guys here and she goes yeah I hear that if like someone's ever like dying or sick like Pokemon tears can cure anything and then like shortly after that the machines for the Squirtle the Charmander Squirtle, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and the little girl start to give out, and you see, like, their consciousness in that hub, like, start to fade out. And Mewtwo, little Mewtwo's like, wait, no, like, don't, don't leave me alone, please. And then, like, after that, you, it fades out to the lab, where you can hear, like, the wife screaming at her husband. It's like, you monster, how could you do this? How could you do this to our daughter? And I was just like, oh my god. Like, and now that I know that, the whole stone thing works for me because even as a kid i was like this is dumb why are tears fixing this right so they cut that out of the movie you said austin yeah Yeah. well the english one because too fucking heavy for a kindergartner (laughs) and i I gotta rewatch them yeah i haven't seen those movies since i was a young lad to be honest the pokemon movies are like one of the like i mean the later ones kind of got bad but like the first like six pokemon movies were dope. Like I remember the one with uh, I can't. It's, it's the little Celebi, and that was pretty deep and dark too. I liked. Uh, I even liked Jirachi, the Jirachi one they had. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. I don't think I saw any so, of those. I think I just. Saw I guess that'll be one. my check. This out. Just watch the original Pokemon movies. They're pretty <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I just pre-ordered uh, Brilliant Diamond uh, before I hopped on this podcast, so I'm excited to hop on into that world oh yeah that comes out again soon yeah a couple weeks um yeah so let's go ahead and shift gears on into our you should check this out segment theron just made a recommendation for any and all of the pokemon movies that are out there especially the first six he said are the best Mm -hmm. uh uh, i'll let our guests go last on recommendations uh for me uh i'm gonna recommend a 21 pilots album shocking called scaled and icy it came out this year it's very good album it is more of a happy type album so if you're looking for that sad depressing sort of 21 pilots songs a uh, group of songs you're not going to get it in this album um the lead singer and uh, and writer of all the music is in a better headspace now so it's a lot more of a fun album i really like it a lot of people like the song saturday which is like they're very funky type song theron you text me that one day you were like oh i finally found a 21 pilot song i like called saturday and i was like yeah it's really good say, what, no, i didn't say 21 pilots i said something really shady probably said like 21 erasers or something <laughs> uh I, I i can't remember but i was like yeah it's it's a great song so yeah that's that's my recommendation uh so if you haven't checked that album out yet uh check it out it's really good uh awesome what about you buddy um, I would recommend Ranking of Kings. It is a new anime that's premiered on Funimation, and it is about a prince named Boji. Boji is deaf, and he cannot communicate well with others because a majority of people in the kingdom do not understand sign language. Mm. And it revolves around, you know, the ranking of kings in this world is like, how many soldiers do you have? How many talented mages do you have? Like, how many artifacts do you possess? How many of these, like, notable battles have you won? And it's all the way to, like, help stabilize and build your kingdom. And his dad was king rank seven, I believe. Mm -hmm. And his dad is, like, this huge, like, ogre-sized guy. But Boji was born under a unlucky star 
So aside from being deaf, he also has like very limited physical strength Mm -hmm. and he can barely wield weapons to like save his life. But one day while he's out, he runs into this little shadow named Kage that's from an assassin clan. And he can read, like, Kage's lips while he's talking. And he's telling him, like, hey, kid, you know, bring me your clothes. I want to sell them so I can get rich. And then you go into Kage's backstory later to see how he's, like, the last of his kind. Like, his mom Mm -hmm. died when he was a kid. But he sees Boji fighting his stepbrother one day. And, you know, the rest of the kingdom's, like, looking down on him in sword practice because Boji is able to, like, weave and duck and dive between all these skilled blows effortlessly and still, like, tap on his brother, like, with his wooden sword and get a point. And, you know, even after he, like, won that fight, technically, the whole kingdom disgraced him because they're like, oh, you're not a real king. No one would fight with that. That's not how a man fights. There's no honor in dodging. And the little shadow, Kage, he's like, look, kid, I like you a lot. I'm going to be in your corner forever. Let's make you a king. (laughs) And it's, like, it's really wholesome and, like, heartwarming and fun, but it still has a very compelling story and even like dark moments in it yeah so it sounds really interesting is it just on funimation or because i tried looking yes, it up i believe it is a funny exclusive right now okay gotcha i'm still sort of waiting on crunchyroll to like fully integrate into hbo max because i feel like it hasn't quite done that yet are they gonna do that since sony bought crunchy again did they? Well, I thought... No, well, Funimation... Whatever company owns Funimation also owns Crunchyroll now. Okay. Well, see, when I go to HBO Max, because I was at a show and someone we were talking about uh, the new Demon Slayer season that was coming out. Um, I, if you want to call it new, it's basically Mugen Train, but broken up episodically. Um, he was saying that Crunchyroll is going to be on HBO Max now. I guess HBO Max owns Crunchyroll, uh, and I was like, "Okay, and if you if you go on HBO Max's website, you can actually see a tab that says Crunchyroll. You can click on mm-hmm. it, but there's only like a handful of animes that are on there. So I'm just gonna have to break down. Like, Funimation's owned by Sony in the American division. Okay, Austin, if would you have a recommendation on either of the two streaming platforms? Funimation's better. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me that. I feel like it depends on what you're looking for. Certain ones have, like, some exclusives that are really good. Okay. Like, Crunchy has Faraway Paladin. They also have Sakugan. And I think Aquatope on White Sands, another, like, seasonal exclusive. Mm -hmm. But then, um, while they both got, um, I'm spacing on the mech anime, um, Gridman. Gridman. Um... Funimation got the sequel for it, uh, Dizanon, but also Gundam is getting like a bigger catalog on Funimation because they just added Zeta and the uh, Unicorn movie narrative recently. Mm. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like you might get more bang with your buck on Funny because mm. like my fiance's new smart TV we have in our bedroom, it doesn't get the Crunchyroll app, but it gets Funimation. Weird. So, I just have to watch Crunchy through the PS4 in the living room. Right. Okay. Well, I may have to one day just add it to my ever-exhausting list of streaming services that I have, because <laughs> I have so many. I've been getting by with... There's a lot of anime that's on Hulu, so I've been sort of just getting by with that. We should you go know. Tensei. is a pretty good one on Hulu. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that one out, too. It feels a lot like 
Game of Thrones, the anime, because Ooh. it delves into how, like, scuzzy and dark the medieval times were, mm-hmm. where you could just, like, sell your children off to another family as, like, a political bargaining chip. <laughs> right. There was a, there was an anime that I saw that I don't know if it's, uh, it's called a Mega, Melog, uh, Megaloblog. Megalobox? Oh, Megalobox. Yeah, yes, I think you, watch I think that. you told me to. It's on my. I did. It's on my. It's uh, good shit. It's on my list for sure. If you want a good underdog story and like just a solid like sports anime, it is so so good. I'm I'm down for that. Those those check my boxes for sure, for sure. All right, well let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you all so much for. Uh, listening today uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast uh, if you are enjoying the podcast uh, please share it with your friends or family or share it on social media uh, let people know um, also too uh, we have an email so if you guys want to shoot us an email with um, just spreading the love or if you have any topics you want us to talk about any movies you want us to cover if you want to give us any just any kind of feedback in general email us at foxandstone8 at gmail.com Thank you. Send us your problems. <laughs> <laughs> we will Let's probably just your problems. Yeah. Turn it into that. Uh, what was that one section of the paper they used to have? Ask so and so. Ask the fox, where I will tell you how to tell someone to fuck off <laughs> in a therapeutic <laughs> way. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, Austin. Thanks so much for hopping on the show today, man. Uh, for sure. Feel free to come back anytime. Um, we yeah, we're probably definitely. we're gonna get our recording. We're probably gonna do more Sundays now. We need to get on a more consistent schedule. That's a hundred percent my fault. Um, but we're gonna get more on a consistent schedule where we're we're getting these out um, probably on like Monday night. So we're recording on Sundays. So man, anytime you want to hop on, just let me know if you have like a movie um, that you want to check out. Or we're gonna do this thing where we're going to record. Uh, we're gonna watch some like old terrible video game movie adaptations. And just tear those oh, apart. Oh, like Dungeons and Dragons. I want him to be there for the Dead or Alive discussion. The Dead or Alive movie. Because that's the one with Jamie Presley. Oh. <laughs> we can definitely... Because in those, we actually do break them down like scene by scene. Because with them being older movies, like I will typically like take notes and just write out... like I don't do that when I see a movie in the theater. But when I watch a movie like that, I'm just like, I hate this part. I hate this part. I like this part. So I really dive into it and tear it i feel about tear it apart like the old mortal Kombat films yes i would love to to do those too <sighs> oh, they're so bad and they're so wonderful <laughs> they're so good especially sindel when she's like too bad you shall die <laughs> 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 just like drag camp uh anyway i have to go so i just want to like say again austin thank you so much um for coming it was great to have you yeah thanks for having me this was a blast yeah thanks again man i appreciate it well thank you all whoever you are and wherever you are for joining us on this episode of the fox in the stone uh fox in the stone rather jesus uh we will see you later theron i will see you this saturday austin hopefully i will see you soon in person again and as always my bitch (laughs) 